On today's episode, we're looking at another space show. This one's called Away. It was just released by Netflix. Season 1, Episode 1, labeled Go. Now, what's concerning to me about this show is that it's another space show helmed by big drama execs. The same ones that produce things like Friday Night Lights, Parenthood, The Path. All notable shows, all acclaimed shows at certain points, but they do have very soapy and religious elements at some points. And after watching the pilot, are my concerns warranted? Uh, yeah, definitely. Not so much with the religious aspects. Um, there wasn't really any of that, but the soapiness was crazy. <laughs> what do you mean by soapiness was crazy? Like, for example, if this was a documentary show, like if this was actually real footage that was seen, I kind of give it more of a pass. But in terms of like this just being like a fictiony, like historical fiction show, it just did not work for me at all. Like a lot of it seemed wrong. Like for example, the big thing in the episode is Hillary Swank. Is she going to go on this mission to Mars? That's going to um, that's with five other people, or is she? I, going- I, I think she would because right, it's, yeah. right. You you think she would? That's the big thing in the episode though, because um, her husband ends up having a stroke. So they're trying to set up this question of is she going to leave or is she going to stay? But this isn't a, like, Z Nation where they're going to kill off, you know, the lost guy in the first episode. She's in all the posters, she's in everything, and so when she ends up going on this mission at the very end, and that's her choice, it, it's not, like, a big surprise or anything. Okay, know? so that was the big element that they were testing the entire time, right. whether or not she would actually leave. Mm-hmm. Well, if you've seen Apollo 13, they did have a character who was presented as going that was going to be part of the mission, but then they ended up not going because they were sick, right? Right, yeah. Okay, and they were still a big part of the movie. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, Hilary Swink is the biggest name in this whole entire show. Like, there's no one that comes close, and she's a big, like, actress. She actually has creative control. She's an executive producer. Yeah, that makes sense. So the fact that they were trying to even make it seem like, oh, well, she might stay, it's like, no, she's she's the main person. You didn't like that. No, You didn't like that testing, really. No. Um, Was there any other parts of the plot where the characters seemed to be too dramatic for what was going on? I mean, for what was going on, like, a stroke is pretty serious, but it just... That's well, that was her family life. I meant as far as the other astronauts. Well, the other astronauts are two that like her and two that aren't a big fan of her. Um, Which ones like her? The ones that like her's names are Questy and Ram. And Questy uh, has no experience in space, but he is one of the world's leading botanists. Uh, botanists. Yeah. And then we have Ram, who um, I think it's the pilot of the ship for this new mission. That's it's called a co-pilot. The Atlas. Yeah, that's called the Atlas One. Mm-hmm. And their whole mission is that uh, there are five nations that are going to be going to space. Yes. Kind of, so like a reverse uh, space uh, wars, I guess you could say. Right. Space wars? Or what happened in the 1970s with Russia and America. Space yeah. race. Oh, space race. Right. Um, yeah, so the International Space Station has its own backstory that kind of united everybody mm-hmm. and took politics out of it or was supposed to. And we'll get into that in a bit. Um, I just wanted to go into some of what I was listening to when I was hearing some of the cast and the writers during the pre-interviews before the show was released trying to sell the show. And it felt like I was re-watching interviews from Raised by Wolves, that Ridley Scott show that we just did. Yeah, almost word for word, in fact. Um, Let me read some of these. Don't think of this as a space show. It's really not a space show. It's a family show, a workplace drama. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Your main main pull is that space, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, why make it then? Another one that sort of pissed me off was this lie that I feel that shows have been perpetuating a lot recently, space shows, in fact. They say, most shows and movies that deal with space only center on the technical science. 
Like, what? Like, I haven't seen any critics ever say, oh, man, this series was just too factual for me. I really wish they toned down the realness and made up some shit. Like, heck, why not have these astronauts uh, train for years and then start debating, like, their religion or maybe have each other, like, sleep with each other all the time right, yeah. as soon as they get on, on the ship. Like, start fighting as soon as they head off on board. It, that type of idea is something that you would see in a Hollywood studio and has been presented a lot. But I don't see a lot of shows where they're literally cracking down on the science, and that's what they get kind of screwed over yeah, for. Yeah, like I, I, I would be fine with a space show that has like ER terms, so you're learning like actually a lot about space and stuff like that. But when it's just like they don't, they decide to tone that down. It's like, well, what am I watching here? You yeah, know? well, they treat us like dum dums. Yeah, <laughs> um, they literally say like. There's not enough infused drama about the astronauts' connections to the what's going on at Earth. That's all there is, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, no, not in this show, but in, in all other space shows. They say, this show is different. This <laughs> show has the connections to Earth, as if they're creating something, that a gap that doesn't actually exist. I mean, that's like, you can just pull up anything like Interstellar. It's like, that's all about the connections to Earth as well. That's yeah. what the whole movie's about. You can look at something more recent. Hulu's come out with something uh, that's called The First... And that's a show about the first mission to Mars. Right. You have the National Geographic show Mars, which is also about terraforming Mars. Now, I'd say that that one, out of all of them, is trying to be the most specific and technical. But they're still doing stories about, like, each of these right, uh, yeah. fictional people, right? Uh, then you have Another Life, which is a space show that, again, I'm, I'm not a big fan What's of. the one that came out, I think it might have even been 10 years ago, with Kyle Chandler, I think. Defying Gravity? Defying Gravity. I actually like that show, but that was at a time when space shows weren't in as weren't huge, big yeah. as they are now. Um, one Redditor that I read said something like, throwing a bunch of cats and dogs into a sack and launching them into space, that's what this show is. Is there any show where they just get along for the first day? It's like a trope at this point. Yeah, I'd, oh, I'd have to agree. Nice. Yeah, there's yeah. certain tropes of drama that and, they seem to fall and into. And let me just say, the people that don't like her, um, there's this person named... Hillary Swank? Uh, yeah, that don't like Hillary Swank's character. There's a person named Cosmonaut Popper, I think, and he's a person who spent the most time in space. And then there's a chemist... Uh, one of the nation's leading chemists named Lu Wang, and she's someone who also doesn't like Hillary Swank. And so something I didn't like that the first episode did was they kind they try to keep like what she did kind of a secret until the middle of the episode, but they gave you glimpses of what it was, and you could kind of tell what it was like pretty easily. What was it? Um, basically, what ended up happening was there was a containment leak in the uh, space thing. That so, happens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Questy went to where the containment link was, and he opened it up, and so acid just, like, spread into his face, and he was like, ah, I can't see, so... Did he add water to it? Uh, no, but that's what Lu Wang and Cosmonaut wanted to do, but Hillary Swain's character, like, quickly helped Questy get to, like, kind of a safe space where the other two were, and then they're like, we need to get water, we need to stop the acid, and then, um... That would have started a fire, right? Yeah. Yeah. Emma, Hillary Swain's character, was like, no, no, there's no time for that, so what she did was she... Uh, took off her shirt and then like went down there I guess trying to soak up the acid mm -hmm. or do something that is okay this and, this makes sense right this and, tracks. and when she did uh like she, she said that uh the sweat in her shirt ended up causing the fire yeah. so this fire just like her shirt hit the acid and this fire just went straight up and then Cosmon and uh Lou they quickly got this thing that would stop a fire 
um, that was coming straight up to them, and so they were able to contain the fire. But uh, the reason why Liu Wang and Cosmo at Papar are so mad at Emma and why uh, the cosmonaut guy wants to take her like place, replace her as the job, is because they thought that like she was trying to kill them because of her like inactivity that she was. Yeah, doing. you want your crew to get along, and right. it sounds like if they're this close to the mission and they're still not getting it, that you might want to rethink things. Right, and that's why I say if this was a documentary, I'd give it more space because when this whole entire thing was going down, I honestly didn't feel like it was that... Dramatic? Um, in, yeah, dramatic or intense. Like, it felt like, despite the fact that Hillary Swank went down with her shirt and it caused a fire, it, it wasn't intense. It felt like they had it pretty much under control. So the reason why the two hated her, I felt, was... A little unwarranted. Well, you have to realize that things can spiral out of control really fast. It may seem like they're trying to create drama with the fire scenario, but fire is basically the most dangerous oh, thing yeah, in and, space. And they say that in the episode. And I understand, like, it's a, it's an interesting device, but I feel like there's a difference between if you were to see it actually happen and, like, when you're trying you're to pull on an audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like, I feel like if you're trying to pull on an audience, you at least want to make that somewhat a little bit intense. Yeah, so... I can actually explain some of what you just talked about and why it was in this show. But first I want to ask you, as far as the cast is concerned, who played Scott Kelly? (laughs) Uh, No, I'm serious, because this show was inspired by Away, which is a 2014 Esquire article written by Chris Jones. And it was right before Scott Kelly's shipment into space for the year-long mission that he took with Mikhail Konyenko, who's Russian, and they both spent that year in space. Um, we've since then known that he's come down and, and he was fine. He had certain things that they, they were looking at compared to his twin brother, Mark Kelly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was going to be as much of a mental test as a physical test when this article came out. And it really gave the story a condensed version of who Kelly was, where he was in the space program, how long he'd been part of it, and some of the shit that astronauts have to deal with. Um, so it's actually very uh, technical in that respect. That's, yeah. That, yeah, that's and reading it actually got me pumped. It gave me the same sort of vibe as, like, the Andy Wire book, the, the one about the Martian, right? right? Yeah. Where he used a lot of science behind it. Or, um, I don't know how to pronounce the guy's name, but Michio Kaku's uh, Future of Humanity. He shows up in a ton of, like, documentaries, the universe and stuff. Um, and it's all about terraforming Mars. And it reminded me a lot of that book as well. One of the things that I've always come away with is that Stephen Hawking basically said that in order to prevent our own extinction on Earth, the only way that we can really do that is if we colonize other planets, starting with places like Mars. Right, of course. Once we've done that, we've really hedged our bets, and it'll be really hard to take out humans in general. Mm. Um, But the hardships of space travel are really, really real. And I respect the show for trying to like approach it right since they're in for a hell of a time like how do you really show loneliness and silence when you're trying to entertain at the same time yeah um gravity did a really good job with it but they had an insane budget and they showed and it only had to be two hours yeah exactly they showed the emptiness of the world or the outside of the world uh there was a spectacle that you could see and as cgi improves that's where I think they're going to lean into it for these space shows. Right, yeah. Unfortunately, though, you kind of get this... Oh, uh, uh, other things that I wanted to just point out that are agonizing in space. You can't put your head against a pillow. We still haven't reached it where we can do artificial gravity inside a um, ship. So they're literally just sleeping vertically at night, and then um, 
you're being micromanaged like your whole life is on yeah, a schedule so then you have to zoom in interviews about therapy all the time yeah in fact emma's character speaks to this person named putney and he's kind of because in the episode they they get a um reaction kind of from every person who was there when the space incident happened just to see if emma is fit enough for duty and um emma has to speak alone to this one guy named putney who is like the person she reports to who's basically a therapist yeah and it's funny because the show actually wrapped right before coronavirus and the cast was like wow people actually get to experience some of the stuff that we had to do in our fake right yeah. zoom interviews and stuff um so actually making the show though you, you kind of want the writing to back up what we're just talking about <laughs> yeah, because really when, yeah. when i was reading this article i was really shocked by some bits of info that maybe i shouldn't have been because if i paid more attention to um articles that come out about space but like every american astronaut who's ever been killed in space in a suit has died in flames mm -hmm. oh wow okay yeah right so, like geez, that's crazy that's, yeah and then that's story you told about the toilet thing that happened to scott kelly so what happened was that back in the day before they used the suction as powerful as they could what they had for toilets was you had to sit and there was a camera in the toilet pointing right up mm. and you had to use a monitor to line up perfectly That's with the chute disgusting but there was still a leak in one of scott kelly's missions where it was this like ball of gross uh sewage and whatever chemicals that they have and he immediately went to soak it up with like a sweat stained shirt which yep. caused the fire to ignite and another astronaut came over quickly and with doused um with water uh sweaters like clogged the thing in a plastic bag and until the flames went out and it was a really smart thing to do good learning opportunity yeah. no one left that situation angry with one another though they were professional about it that's yeah. what you were supposed to do more or less two people yeah <laughs> yeah versus what you just explained in the show where they used it almost as a facilitator yeah, was, for anger yeah. and that's and that's kind of again a problem i have with the show a lot of these things felt like just plotting devices like it didn't feel like they had actually any weight behind them a lot of the characters seemed like they were just kind of cardboard cutouts of characters yeah i've, I've read that there were a lot of stereotypes being used um so I have a question. Did they do anything with loved ones? Because they do these mental exercises where they tell astronauts on Earth that the loved one has died and they make the astronaut um, choose a bearer of that information if they're out in space. So they do like practice like, oh, your son is dead. How would you react now? Well, like, there wasn't any practices of that. But for example, Emma's uh, husband does like suffer a stroke in the episode. Yeah, but that was so. beforehand. That was before she went to space. There's no mental exercises, though, so I guess. For it, okay, go ahead. So I was just going to say, the show deals a lot with like time. Like There are a lot of different timelines that they kind of do. Flashbacks. A we'll lot get into the flashbacks. flashbacks. They're yeah. like lost, right? Yeah, kind of, but even more than lost because there's not just one time period they focus on. Mm -hmm. There's like it's always <laughs> one character though, right? Yeah, per episode. That's what I think they're doing the lost thing with. But so Mark Ke or sorry Scott Kelly was up in space uh, during Gabby Gifford's shooting, right? And CNN was on in the background and it blacked out. Oh. And so then he got a call about from the person he knew was the bearer of bad news oh no yeah and he heard about it that way and no astronaut has ever lost a kid in space like it lost a kid while they were in space mm -hmm. um but he had to grieve while he was 
Yeah, yeah, and then Obama actually had him hold a moment of silence. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so it, it, a lot of the year-long thing was again a mental exercise to see how people are able to handle this in isolation, basically, and uh, and how they come back. Um, and, and that also is explored in the episode because the whole the rest of the crew here is about um, Emma's husband, and then that just gives Lou Wang and uh, the other guys spend the most time in space like even more of a reason to be like oh well she's not fit for the job you know there's just so much criteria and loops especially as an american astronaut that you have to go through in order to be chosen as a mission commander for especially a three-year-long journey the first one to mars Mm -hmm. again the idea that she would have anybody on her own team against it would make it so that they would replace people I think that because like for for Kelly, it was all about like he couldn't be higher, taller than six foot three. There were a ton of reasons why they chose him. But with NASA, they're really specific. Well, like you need 20, at least decent vision before it's corrected to even go up there. Uh, That's kind of like a pilot type thing. He was also older than like the average new astronaut because he you get induced with cosmic radiation when you're in space so you're you're very susceptible to cancer later on in life but since he's old he has less of a chance of developing that cancer before it turns into uh, something really bad and well yeah and it it wasn't just the two people that had a problem with her like nasa part of nasa had a problem with her like for example um like the chinese didn't want to they want emma replace Russia did not want her out on the job. So you did see, like, this board meeting where, like, three of the five people and were And she has a kid, right? For, like, she has yeah, a kid. Lex, and this plays. is going to be a three-year mission. Her kid is a teenager. It just doesn't make sense why she would be the one that they pushed. Yeah, well, the reason is because the head person, Darlene, really wanted Emma to be, like, the leader of this job because she felt like she she could do the best job out of everyone. But Why? <laughs> that wasn't actually really answered. I guess it, I guess that she just showed like exceptional. Like job on they, I feel like they would disqualify candidates, good candidates, on like any bad merit whatsoever. Like, yeah, and it, that's and that's yeah. what one of the people, um, George, who was part of the American NASA, was like kind of saying. He was like, "She's not really fit for this thing. Let's just switch her out." And then Darlene was. It like, doesn't no. mean that she's not fit for it. That's it. I'm saying like you can have really fit astronauts who are just not. They just don't choose them because right, they're yeah. looking for the best of the best. And for example, uh, Matt, who was um, Emma's husband. Uh, tested positive for CCM. So he was originally, like, supposed to be kind of the astronaut in the family, mm-hmm. but when he uh, tested positive for CCM, he had to just end up working for NASA. And even in the episode, they're like, well, maybe we could send Matt up, and Darlene is like, no, and Matt hears that and is like, I'm not going up at all. Like, it's funny. No Scott way. Kelly is actually married to someone who works at NASA, too. Yeah. So I wonder if they I'm, just I'm sure that, that like, people that kind of work in that thing uh, stay close with other people. Yeah, well... Chris Jones, who wrote the article to begin with, actually sat in in the writer's room and helped them with this. And they said that they were trying to be realistic with a lot of these ideas. I have reason to doubt that with some of the reviews that have come back, but it does sound like they did bring in some things. I also heard they had a press conference beforehand, right? Yeah, they had a press conference about 10 minutes. And that's true to life. Like they, yeah, I'm sure. They, they did they have a quarantine at all for these astronauts? Because that's what they're supposed to do is for... for uh, yeah, good, I think it was before them, like... Uh, yeah, the right launch. before the mission. Yeah, because they, you don't they want anybody. Yeah, and so they were in the spaceship for about a day, I think. And, like, you also saw them floating around zero-gravity rooms, which I just kept thinking to myself, that must have been really fun to shoot. Well, they actually shot it with wires, apparently. Oh. Like, it was people holding up wires, and, and it was they did a two-week um, 
like training thing beforehand where they had to learn how to like speak while they were being held in a different way because it's hard to breathe that way and it was like an eight month shoot in i think vancouver or somewhere in canada um well eight months is pretty traditional for a tv show right maybe this maybe i mean i'm talking about kind of the like things they had to go through yeah I, i i guess um quick background on the international space station i think it's worth noting is that it was built during the soviet union's fall so what happened was the Soviets had a bunch of people in space at the time that their that Russia was was basically changing, and so the U.S. and Russia came to sort of a uh, cons- uh, consolidation, a, a, a an agreement, yeah. a compromise, yeah. And them, along with some other countries like Europe and and Japan and uh, sorry, a bunch of countries in Europe, uh, Canada, all played a part in making this thing. But the International Space Station is basically divided in two between the U.S. and Russia. And it's very specific because the Russia side of it has, like, more Velcro in it mm-hmm. because yeah. they're, they're, they use it to, like, keep the objects down. Well, the U.S. side doesn't trust Velcro. They think it's more of a fire risk, fire and hazard, so they don't yeah. have it. Um, so the union of all these countries does make sense. It does make sense that they would try to throw into a space mission a bunch of different countries when they're finally sending someone to Mars. Yeah, right. What doesn't make sense is the the um, anger between everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Again, yeah, and uh, but also the space station. It ha- different people have different controls. So Russia controls the actual spaceship that can move around, while the U.S. controls the electricity and the gyroscopes and like some of the mechanicals that are going on, the altitude of everything. Right, and I know that this is the pilot, but I guess also want to bring up there was no way that this dad was going to die. Like, and they <laughs> didn't really even leave it up for like really any interpretation like he he has a stroke there's one uh scene where um lex who is again emma's daughter uh brings the phone in and holds it close to the dad's head so that um emma can speak to him and then so they're really milking it yeah and then the next scene he's he's fine like obviously he's very weak and stuff like that but he's completely fine like they say he's gonna make a complete recovery uh because she because emma had called a doctor i guess that she knew that uh she trusts and they were able to do it so again any type of thing in the show just didn't really work the only two things i like shots i guess i really like was the first shot where you see um, the world, because that was just cool to see, and then you see Emma's hand kind of, like, act like it was holding it, because I was like, yeah, I could see myself doing that if I was an astronaut. Mm-hmm. And then the ending shot, where uh, it's kind of all silent, and then, and this is right as they're about to go to Mars, after Emma gives this, like, speech on the moon to millions on TV, uh, and she looks up, and she, like, smiles, and it's really silent, and then it just cuts to black, because that felt like the cinematic uh, feeling that they were trying to go for succeeded. Yeah, so the mixed reviews that this received, let me say it got a 6.1 on IMDb so far. That episode's in the sevens, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it was directed by Ed Zwick, who's known for, like, The Last Samurai, for Glory. Oh, pretty, wow. pretty okay, big yeah. movies. Um, it's got a 60, uh, did I say 69% on Rotten Tomatoes? You said 6.1, not 69%, but yeah. On um, Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. And some of the reviews that I read were like, the generic storylines and occasionally cringe-inducing dialogue feel like a particular waste given how capably the show captures the majesty of space. The production design by David for is stellar. So I have no doubt that the cinematography is pretty great, and that's where the Netflix money comes in. Yeah, the production design in this show, like, definitely was a spectacle. Yeah, there were space cliches, and I guess that comes along later since they haven't actually entered it. Uh, Boilerplate family conflict. Earthbound drama feels like we're being abruptly yanked back into normal gravity. (laughs) Let me just point out some positives. 
when Hillary Swank was talking about the persever perseverance through adversity, self-sacrifice, that's what makes an astronaut. That's straight from the article. It's true, and I agree with it. Uh, you also had the um, guy playing Kwesi, who's playing a Jewish-British Ghanaian botanist, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, he's played by Addo Esando, and on his interviews, at least, that guy was really cool. Like, he seemed pretty funny. Um, I don't know how he was in the show, but he seemed to get I it. I think he was kind of the comic relief. Like, for example, he brings the Torah onto the... <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> okay. The mini yeah. Torah, so yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing I will uh, point out that is just like the Raised by Wolves thing was that they called it, what, Little House on the Prairie in space? Yeah. Well, I think that the whole idea of parenting in space isn't as new an idea as a lot of these shows seem to think it trying is. To make it be, you yeah. brought up Interstellar. That was a good job of it, right? Mm -hmm. But then it's really pulled off that well. Look at Lucy in the Sky, which came yeah. out this year. Oh, yeah. That movie was panned. The Space Force has it in a comedy way. Like, at least they're trying uh, to Yeah, I was even going to bring it up. At least they're trying to do a comedy and, like, add something new to it, but yeah. Yeah, but, like, the idea that it's new or that we should really be in added to this it, it doesn't make as much sense and uh, this was a pilot this would definitely be a show that i guess does better in the it's nine episodes but also this felt semi kind of like a filler like just now we're getting um, them going to mars and i'm kind of tired of shows like setting up a pilot uh having a big goal for it and then like just starting that at the end of the episodes like i kind of want to see you know that finish out did did you have any opinions on besides the fact that she didn't like the main character lose character because she was a standout character to some people's reviews uh not really i felt like all everyone on board kind of would was, was yeah. the same <laughs> um it's interesting the background to some of these people misha popov the the guy who plays him is mark Ivanir, um and then vivian Wu is the person who plays lou and they were talking about their wires and the gravity and stuff like that and she talked about tai chi She's actually, like, in her 50s or something. Oh, wow, okay. And then uh, he has a circus background, apparently, <laughs> so that really helped that, him. Yeah, that must have Which helped, is yeah. pretty funny. Uh, whenever you hear an actor say, I have a circus background, you think it's a joke, but... Yeah, you... but it's also funny, because, like, for action movies and stuff like that, it must actually help them. Well, like, you didn't say you had a stunt background. I'm just saying, like, you have to have some type of thing for that. All right, but you didn't walk away with too much of a favorite character or anything specific about, like, what did it look like at the end? That they, they, they have a big picture of the earth or something or what well it it, it ended with a close-up on uh, hillary swing's face but beforehand <laughs> you see like just this montage of kind of everyone throughout the episode for example you see um matt and lex in like the hospital bed as they're watching this tv show by the way rachel maddow makes a cameo appearance in this yes <laughs> so that was okay. that was kind of weird to see but then you also just see the rocket about to launch and so you see like a ton of fire so again that's where the spectacle kind of comes in for netflix and then, uh, yeah, you basically hear a countdown, and that's the end. Okay, so you're left for another 10 episodes. They don't know if they're going to get more seasons or not. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Mm -hmm. um, I think we've kind of approached everything in the review that we needed to talk about. Um, one thing about our last episode that I haven't told you is that um, what, our Twitter post for it. Yeah, the yeah, boys. The boys twitter page liked the post and the main music person who does the music for the show retweeted it <laughs> oh so, that's cool <laughs> yeah it was pretty cool all right um that was just a side fact that i found funny but we'll leave it there and uh listen up to our next one whenever it comes out thanks bye, bye.